Chapter 9, Big Eyes and Big Ears. If you look at the physical makeup of the average Japanese person, you would not say they were born with big eyes and ears. In general, they are small-featured people. The average Japanese person is a good 40 pounds lighter and smaller than the average person in the United States. Walk into any Japanese clothing store and try to find an XL or XXL size and you will struggle. You can forget about trying to get a size 12 or 13 shoe. It's almost impossible. I once traveled over 160 kilometers from Nagoya to Osaka in order to find a size 13 pair of shoes. I still have those shoes and I cherish them because it was so difficult to find them. I'm going to go off script. I'm wearing those shoes today. They're a pair of 13 Birkenstocks, and I'll never forget the journey I made to get them, and I couldn't believe they had them. I don't think they could believe they had them. Back on script. As a matter of fact, they became one of my favorite shoes, and I wore them out. Typically, I would have just given them away or thrown them out. But because of multi-nai thinking, I will go into greater detail on this concept in the last chapter, I had them resold and restored to new, and I still wear them to this day. The Japanese way of thinking changed me. It seems like everything in Japan is small. Tiny cars, tiny hotel rooms, tiny portions of food. However, there is one exception. The one large thing that the Japanese do have is big eyes and big ears. In Japanese, it's called okimi, big eyes, and okimimi, big ears. I was told the average Japanese person can see in super high detail. One day when I was doing a pre-tour visit to one factory, I had taken off my shoes and put on the slippers so I could walk into their office. As we transitioned from the office back into the elevator to go down to the lobby, the girl who was leading the tour looked at my feet and said, Paulson, why are you wearing two different color socks? I looked down, and to my surprise, under close examination, one of my socks was very dark blue, and the other was black. Obviously, I had mispaired my socks after I washed them and put them on incorrectly in the morning. The important thing here is that when I put them on, I didn't notice. But when she was looking at them in an elevator, she could see the difference. I assure you, most people would not have noticed the difference between the two color socks because it was so slight. But for most Japanese people, they can see in super high detail. It is not because they have special eyes. It is because their culture has trained them to see at an entirely different level of detail. If you carry on a conversation in Japanese, the words matter big time. The way you address a senior person or a younger person is entirely different. And believe me, if you do it wrong, it might provide for a slightly uncomfortable situation. As a general rule, the Japanese can see and hear things that most of us would just pass right over. As I lead my tours in Japan, one of the first things I tell people when they get on the bus is, you must have big eyes and big ears. There are so many wonderful subtleties to observe and appreciate. One of my favorites is the vertical parking garages. Most people would have never really noticed this, but they're everywhere in the big city. 
you pull your car up to these turntables that position your car correctly to get into the parking garage and up an elevator. It is completely automated. Your car is parked safely 20 stories up at the push of a button. You pull into a gas station and they have strong visual signs painted on the driveway indicating the kinds of gas at each island. Many times, the hoses are suspended overhead, so there is no struggle with getting the nozzle around one side of the car or the other. When you're driving down the freeway and you come to a toll station, you barely have to slow down because everything is digital. Each driver has a credit card that allows them to interchange it between your rental car and your personal car. You plug it into the car, the gate rises in a millisecond, and you speed through. When your plane is departing, the ground crew is waving goodbye and bowing to the plane. When you visit the park or drive down the street in a residential neighborhood, it is not unusual to see a homeowner or a gardener on their hands and knees picking tiny weeds that are almost undetectable for most of us. When you walk on a factory floor, there is music playing as a signal for the breaks, lunches, impending problems, or a signal to the restarting of the assembly line. All the musical cues are different and indicate a different process. In most organizations, every morning there is a morning meeting where they do stretching to prepare themselves in order to reduce injuries. The same stretching routine is almost identical from company to company, from east to west or north to south. If you go into an elementary school, you will find the same stretching routine being performed by children as you do on the job site that is building a $100 million bridge. I'm going to go off script here. You know where the Japanese got that idea? From America. They observed when they came over there after World War II that some companies were actually doing this stretching routine for the health and safety of their team members. The Japanese took it home, perfected it, and spread it throughout their entire culture. So if you go into a kindergarten, they're doing it. If you go into a job site, they're doing it. If you go into an office complex, they're doing it. But in the United States, we didn't sustain it. They take great ideas, improve on them, and then sustain them. Back on script. If you go into a grocery store and you buy sashimi or sushi, it is not uncommon for the cashier to prepare a little bag of ice so your food stays fresh as you travel home. I would venture to say that if you adopt big eyes and big ears while visiting Japan, you could find hundreds of examples a day and it could go on indefinitely. The subtleties and nuances in this culture are astounding. On the Japan study mission, I tell people to enjoy the experience in Japan because they'll see things they will not see in any other culture in the world. It's literally like a 24-7 scavenger hunt. I once hiked up Mount Fuji, and as I was filling out the permit, the park ranger asked me my blood type. I looked at him and thought, are you crazy? I don't know my blood type, and nobody's ever asked me that before. The Japanese think, if there's an emergency, they want to totally be prepared so they can treat you efficiently and effectively. Wow. They think of everything. I was riding on the Shinkansen train en route to Tokyo from Nagoya, and I had crossed my legs, and the tip of my shoe was touching the back of the seat in front of me. A man across the aisle saw this and mentioned to me not to touch the seat. Who would notice something like this? Someone with big eyes and big ears. 
The details matter so much more than you could ever imagine in Japan. If you train yourself to see the small things, there's no way you're going to miss the big things. If you become sensitive to the words you use, I would venture to say your life might go a little more smoothly. When you are speaking, there is no need to use a machine gun of words when a single round, properly aimed, would do the trick. The Japanese people manage complexity with great sagacity, wisdom, skill, and conscientiousness. One time when Richio Shingo, former president of Toyota China and the son of Shigeo Shingo, was on a trip with us, I was giving a talk on Japan, similar to what I'm writing about now, about having big eyes and big ears. And he corrected me and said, Paul-san, there's one more thing. You must have big eyes, big ears, and small mouth. Sometimes we spend so much time talking that we completely miss the art of listening and seeing. I'm sure Taichi Ono's famous Ono Circle is founded on the concept of big eyes and big ears and a small mouth. Ono would draw a three-foot circle near a manufacturing cell and instruct his managers to stand there for hours and just watch and see, but say nothing. The target was to fully understand what was really going on. The activity sharpens your skill of observation and forces you to use all your senses. I could go on and on and tell you about hundreds of unusual sightings and things to appreciate in Japan, but I won't. Why? Because I want you to experience the joy of discovering the beautiful nuances of this wonderful culture. If you are fortunate enough to visit Japan, use big eyes and big ears and a small mouth and enjoy the ride. The one thing. Okimi, big eyes. Okimimi, big ears. Chisai, kushi, small mouth. <laughs>